Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamott. Joining me today on our second, third, fourth, fifth iteration on our new Cloud Culture series. And today we're discussing the principle of continual learning and relentless improvement. Friends of the pod, Jesse Marchun, who's from the development operations part of enablement operations of ISBN here at SAP. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Good. Thank you. Great, glad glad you're here. Mike Ward, our good friend, who is an agile coach at SAP Field Glass. Hi, Mike. Hello. And new friend as of today, new friend of the pod, Klaus Hauptle, architect and community lead of SAP procurement. Klaus, welcome. Hi. All right. So, gentlemen, we're going to go through what the continual learning and relentless improvement principle is. Jesse, can you start us off? Give us a little overview as to what that is. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the principle is is, is firmly uh, rooted in the continuous improvement uh, principle or, or or set of, of of activities. You know, specifically, sort of related back to a lot of Deming's work and the the Plan Do Check Act or Plan Do adapt, inspect um, sort of basis for for dealing with um, what it comes down to it, you know, complexity uh, and unknowns. Um, there's, you know, where you, you can't know everything and plan everything out in, in advance. So, um, you know, there's a strong need to sort of iterate through to, to learn uh, and, and improve your, your work because the unknown and the the risks of those unknowns are just just so great. So oh. I, I probably just said a lot there, but um, I, I you know I think that that really reinforces just why in, in industries such as ours, where there's so much change, um, why we why we need and so much disruption, why we need uh, you know frameworks and ways to sort of think about how we how we adapt with those things that are that are constantly changing. And, and I think, and I think for, there's a lot. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think there's a lot there that, you know, we can unpack and, and talk about, um, you know, but it, it's just continuous learning is so important um, to not only an organization. Um, it's also important at the individual level, you know, to continue to uh, really survive and thrive. Um, it, it, it's just, it's one of those things. It's a mindset that's really kind of set in there and you have to bring it personally and you have to then bring it to the team. Um, and then, you know, it's great when the team adopts it as well. Yeah, I think it's very important in the current uh, time. We have so, we have so much complexity on, on all levels. On the one hand, uh, uh, on the technology, which is uh, changing and adapting quickly. Then also on the organizational level, also our software stack, it's getting more and more complex. We build on technical depth and that also doesn't make it easy. Uh, we need to work together with uh, multidisciplinary teams uh, with lots of dependencies. And so it's not only a technical topic of learning, you need to have also good uh, cultural and uh, communication skills and so on. So you need to learn on, on every level and uh, quickly and be able to adapt to changing needs of customers. Um, so yeah, overall it's 
critical for for in, every every business. Yeah. And also on the personal things, level. Yeah. Yes, and one of the things to make sure that that we're adopting that, and especially as an organization, it's one thing as an individual, but as an organization, um, it's how we also embrace failure of activities. So if, if we look at failure and say, here's a learning opportunity, you know, let's, let's follow, let's understand what happened and let's accept that change and that failure could happen again. But most importantly, let's learn from that. Let's take that as an opportunity, learn from it, grow with it, um, build upon it and move forward. So instead of seeing it or recognizing it as a possible negative, look for the opportunities where learning is a good thing. Um, uh, I, I think that's equally as important as just having the mindset. Mm -hmm. I also see it similar. So we, we, I think we need to embrace failure, do experiments and uh, also create safe space uh, for doing such experiments. I think that's on the one hand, the psychological safety, but on the other hand, you also need mm -hmm. the technical safety because if you make a, an error in the system and it affects immediately uh, thousands of customers and they have severe pain. Of course, that's not what you want to achieve, but of course there are many mechanisms where you also can create a safety net for, for trying things out in the technical system. Well, and I, I think, think that's a great right. point. Sorry, Mike, I think that's a great point in that everyone talks about psychological safety. Nobody talks about technical safety, right? Because they, they just think of it as, yeah, we have, we have to have a place where we can experiment and fall back, but they don't talk about it as a technical safe issue. So that's a, that's a great point to bring up. Mike, what were you going to throw in there? I think we use words like risk around that. Like, I think yeah. we don't say technical safety. I think we use the word, you know, risk in general. Um, and what are we willing to accept from putting this code out there? Yeah. Um, um, but I was, I was going to say it's important that as we work as a team to maintain that safety, there's also a need um, where we're building, I would say a common, uh, a couple of different things, a common language when we work with the teams. So we know it's a safe environment. We know it's a learning environment, um, but we can also apply that uh, outside of our teams. Many of us work with and or for um, the need of the customer. And so we have to not only continually learn on our own and inside the team and, you know, inside whatever operations we're doing, but our customers are also growing in different ways. And we have to also learn and adopt um, and continuously. And this is where it's the relentless part because it is all continuous and it's all happening at the same time. You know, how do we grow and adopt and meet our customers where they're at? Um, how do we recognize um, you know, those learning opportunities within us and within the team provide that safe environment. It all ties together um, for building a great team uh, to, to move forward. Well, and I want to bring up the fact that the earn your customer every day is a principle. And if you haven't heard that episode, you should, when you're done listening to this one, go back and hear that one. Jesse, mm -hmm. is there something you wanted to mention about all of that? Yeah, I, so I mean, I think that the earn your customer is is and, and and putting your customer at the at the base of or the foundation of like your and focus of your efforts is so incredibly important as part of the the continual learning and continuous improvement 
because I think one of the things that allows you to do really well is, you know, I think everyone, whether they realize it or not, starts to develop their so-called, you know, sacred cows in the, in the technical space, right? And they hold on to those things. And, you know, I, you know we've seen a lot of this, these changes that at in other places where, you know, you, you adopt, you know, a cool new technology. So I'm, I'm just going to choose like, you know, puppet way back in the day and, and, and cool, this is, we're going to automate all of our servers. And, and then, you know, you're like, well, this doesn't work anymore because we have, you know, um, a centralized puppet and it becomes too slow. So maybe we'll go with headless puppet or, you know, and, and, and those become, you know, for a point in time, you know, uh, an improvement, but over the long term, they start to become the thing that slows you down. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, you work your way to containers and Kubernetes and et cetera. But, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, all of those are, are, are in essence, you know, at one point technical sacred crowds and, but they're not the focus, right? The focus should always be back on to, you know, the customer and what's improving the customer experience and, and, and the safety and availability of your systems. So, I, I mean, I think that sort of ties back and, and it's, and, and it's, a, it's a helpful sort of anchor for, as we think in this continuous improvement and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and learning cycles. So and in think, the, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I, I was going to say one of the things, and I don't know if, if what you've experienced or what anybody's experienced in, in terms of ways to foster the learning, you know, and, and so like some of the things that we've typically done are the postmortems or retrospectives, but really trying to make them you know, go back, going back to that psychological safety, going back and making them blameless. Let's talk about the issue, you know, not the person, you know, but kind of building that into um, our process. So are there other things that people typically look to do to help foster uh, that type of learning environment? I think uh, a very good uh, option is also to create a community of practice. Uh, where you connect motivated uh, could be for example experts on a, a certain topic to to work together on improving practice tools technologies and other other aspects and then be able to also share that with a wider audience um, i think that i did that quite often to, to drive improvements uh, so it was not only focused on on sharing best practices or knowledge but it was more focused actually on mm -hmm addressing gaps and uh, uh, going for further improvements of existing practices. Yeah, that's absolutely a great way of doing things. And then you, you are not only bringing together like-minded individuals, but you are helping and creating that space for them. Um, that, that's brilliant. Well, you know, this is where I plug, uh, as I'm going to do, this is where I plug the episodes on communities of practice that we already have. Feel free to search on the website to find those episodes. Gentlemen, in the time that we have left, I want to make sure that we get to the, if you're working with a team and, you know, be it a software team, a non-software team, what do you think is something that a team could do? to bring in this principle into what they've got going on. I'm going to start with Mike. Hmm. I, I think it starts with your yourself and you have to have that mindset and bring that attitude and that growth mindset to the team. 
I think that's that's key in starting it and kicking it off. So model that behavior, um, expect it from others, um, and and practice what you preach. There you go. All right, Klaus, is there a uh, thing you think a team should try? I think if they haven't done it yet, but I think most teams did it already. I think is uh, the re retrospective uh, in, in Scrum. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's mm -hmm. very valuable uh, to continuously reflect on uh, what can can be improved and also find ways of improving. Um, quite often after some time it gets a bit boring because if the retrospective is not switched or not different kinds of retrospectives are tried out, I think uh, there's kind of a repetition or could be a repetition. So the recommended um, approach is to, to try alternative ways of doing retrospectives, uh, to focus on special mm -hmm. topics or do it in a completely different way to always change your thinking and find other ways of improving. Another topic I think is yeah, the growth mindset, but that I think is also something which every individual needs to work on and the feedback culture to improve your, your, your communication. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that you can take feedback and make the most of it, but you, that you also can give in the feedback in a way that, so that it's accepted and um, yeah, useful for the, for the other person. Perfect, Jesse, you know, we've covered doing it as a person. We've covered doing it as a team. Give me a, give me a third option. <laughs> I feel set up for this one. I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a few here, but of course, one of my favorite tools, the, the value stream map to understand all of the various aspects of your, of your flow and especially your bottlenecks, which you can use to uh, improve the overall system and, and sort of find those sacred cows. Um, and then one more I would add, and, and I, I know this is is, is happening, but but uh, still fairly early early on. But practice, you know, chaos engineering, and proactively practice failure, uh, introduce failure, so you can learn more quickly. Mm -hmm. Awesome, gentlemen. I want to thank you for the time because I think we've covered a lot of beefy topics. And uh, Klaus, bless you so much for bringing up new episodes or previously recorded episodes for people to listen to. Uh, and that, that's where we're going to end this iteration. Until the next time, I'm Brent. And Jesse. I'm Mike. And Klaus. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Find us a mail at info at fasterthanstandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.